of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 196. Jason Lindgren is with me, and Mr. Sean Malo is back after a very long absence, trials, and tribulations. Uh, for those who recall, Sean has done, I don't know, has it been two or three, Jason, I think, uh, episodes with us all around cannabis. I consider him the foremost expert that I am aware of on, uh, should we call it remedy cannabis? I want to say medicinal, but I feel like I don't want to cause trouble for anybody. So anyhow, welcome, Jason. And good morning. Do we have anything for the intro? We're getting to be a little bit ahead here, but uh, I posted on social media last night that CD Baby will soon have the soundtrack and the theme song, all three versions uh, of Crow Triple Seven, and the, and the soundtrack from Shoot the Moon will be on CD Baby because so many people asked for it. But by the time this comes out, it'll probably already be there. Yes, that's definitely the case. I already have the account set up. I'm just putting the finishing touches on it. All right. Do you have anything that'll be in front of this to say? Not yet. Okay, man. Let's get Sean in. Welcome, Sean. Thank you, Crow. How are you? Hey, man. I'm good, and I'm glad you're back. And uh, we have some friends in common as well, so I've kind of tracked what's been going on with you. And I'll catch people up real quick. Um, Sean was making, I'll say, remedies uh, with cannabis, to be careful with my words here. And he got raided twice, and they took all his stuff. And I mean took all his stuff. Cars, money, medicine, all kinds of stuff, and never charged him never charged him. But that's not the purpose of this episode. So I'm just going to suffice it to say that we are so happy to have you back and that all this nonsense is in the rears. Uh, What I really want to do is focus in on good information for people about cannabis. One of the things that I'm seeing is a prevalent push to get people to believe in misconceptions about CBD and about THC. As an example, well, I'll I'll tell you what, let's start here. Um, Right now in the state that I'm in, they've just legalized all this stuff and there's actually a CBD shop right in my neighborhood. One of the big changes that just happened where the so-called head shops were carrying CBD, um, it was oil. It was in oil, the CBD was. Now they're going to water-based. I've been using the water-soluble CBD and for cysts or other things, it's been great. So let's just start right there. Is there a marked difference between getting CBD? And right now we're talking about CBD without THC in it. Is there a marked difference between water-soluble and basically CBD you get in oil, Sean? Well, only in bioavailability concerns. In a water-soluble CBD, your body is going to be able to uptake it in a much more ready form. It's going to take the the medicine and use it properly, where when it's in an oil, the, the body has a much harder time absorbing it. Uh, and so for, for certain ailments, it's much better for ocular problems and whatnot. The water soluble is much better because you can't put an oil in your eye. But I haven't really seen as far as its efficacy a, a wide berth of difference between the two. Okay, so let's, let's start here. For people who are using CBD that has no THC in it, uh, personally, I've noticed my skin, my hair, and I had a couple small cysts, which pretty much went away. Um, I also used the cream a little bit on those, but it worked. Um, Let's outline for people good uses for CBD that is THC-free or typically labeled no detectable THC. Well, good uses for that is symptom control. That's really what it does. I mean... The, the cysts that you have are a symptom of another problem. 
uh, and, and it's creating deposits of one nature or another on your body or in your body. And so it's really not uh, a curative. It's a supplement in that form, if you follow me. It's symptom control. And, it, it, and CBD is wonderful for many symptoms of, of different ailments, but it doesn't have the, the properties to cure issues. Okay, it, it, it's great for symptom management, not so much for eliminating the, the source of the problem. So let me compare this. Um, we've talked a lot about juicing and the Gerson method and those really expensive juicers that do the juicing that is approved by the Gerson method. And I think what we're about to talk about here has a relationship. Uh, I always tell people, yeah, man, if you're going to juice, you're going to be better off than if you didn't juice. But if you're really sick and have serious problems, you got to get serious. And you can't just be using any old juicer. Um, there are ways you can do it, but at the end of the day, you need to cold press it, masticate it, and get the living juice into your system. And I think that we can compare this to the idea of CBD versus CBD with THC. Now, I know you have personal experience within your family of people who have used some very strong medicinal cannabis. So can we start to get into the truth about the difference between CBD that with no detectable THC and CBD with THC? Well, the, the main difference is the entourage effect is lacking in any singular component from the cannabis plant. It doesn't matter which cannabinoid or terpene you isolate, you're isolating it. So you're going to get the benefits from that component alone, where the entourage effect actually uh, brings a um, uh, wider, uh, much wider healing properties than just it's a single element from it. It's, I don't know if I'm explaining it in the best way, but it's when you combine all of the plants that you get the most benefit. When you, when you isolate one component, you're not even getting the full benefit of that one component. The value of its parts are, is lesser than the whole. So it's a holistic idea, basically. Um, we could say we have this plant that we call cannabis, um, and when you're just getting CBD, you've stripped out endless numbers of, I don't even know what to call them, Sean. Phytocannabinoids and terpenes. You know, we're born with uh, receptors throughout our bodies. It's, called, it's been coined the endocannabinoid system. And you have receptors throughout your body, mostly in the central nervous system, that are built to accept cannabinoids and only cannabinoids. Nothing else will occupy these receptors. So you were born with this uh, system in place. So there has to be a, an internal system that creates these things, and there is. It's, it's endogenous create, endogenously created, and it's called anandamide. And it comes through, you're born with it in your bloodstream, and then you get more of it from the colostrum and and mother's milk when they breastfeed. They're actually feeding you cannabinoids when they breastfeed, Un unbeknownst to them, of course. You know, people are looking at it as a curative, this cannabinoid uh, effect, when it's actually, up until Prohibition, the cattle and other fauna in on the farm were eating wild feral hemp. And so they were getting cannabinoids into their system, and then when we by in turn ate those animals, we were getting fulfilled in cannabinoids as well. So now we see it as a curative when it was actually out there all along up until prohibition. 
Well, one of the things I think you're pointing to that most people are probably not aware of, you just basically said there's all these systems in your body that will receive the cannabinoids. It shows the close relationship that must have been true historically between the plant we call cannabis and the human body. And as we covered in some of the last episodes, they basically came in, uh, corporatized it, changed its name to marijuana and made it illegal and made up all these lies about how dangerous it is. Well, at the same time, alcohol, which is way more destructive than cannabis will ever be, uh, was put mainstream. But what you're pointing out about even the, the, the dairy taking ingesting forms of hemp and then the cannabinoids or cannabinoids being put into that, it's a little bit like the pasteurization idea, right? We're about to have John Brisson on, who's a gut health expert, and he's going to talk about probiotics. So many people think they can go to the store and go to the refrigerated section and pick up a bottle that says a billion strains of probiotics and get something worthwhile. And I'm here to tell you, you might be shocked when you hear Mr. Brisson, but what we're talking about is a similar thing. In the old days, before our food supply was messed up, And before everything was pasteurized, you would get these things from cheese or any fermented food. Um, So what you're pointing out was even the dairy had cannabinoids in it. um, And this has all changed now. And it was because of the prohibition and the corporatization, the use of the term marijuana and basically making it all illegal. But what we have come to understand is this is big deal medicine or could have been. And at one time was, I mean, right? Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, all of the doctors were using cannabis in, in several different forms, mostly in tincture form, to deal with everything from menstruation to headaches, from disease to problems of the seasons. I mean, it, it was literally their medicine cabinet. So when, when they did move to prohibit, the, the doctors weren't aware because they changed the name from cannabis to marijuana. And so they weren't even aware that that was the target that the prohibitionists were after. When they found out, hey, wait, this marijuana is our medicine, about 80,000 doctors resigned, stopped being doctors because they didn't have medicine to, to deal with the issues. See, it was prohibited before any medicines were truly available on the, in the uh, allopathic model. So... There was nothing to treat these things because they were they were prohibited from doing so with what they had always used before. So wait a minute. Back in the day, where were these tinctures coming from? And when you say tincture, can you just kind of outline, you know, there's tinctures and then there's tinctures. And by the way, I will point out our friend Phoenix Aurelius uh, does make things like this. And if you use Crow 777 when you contact him, he'll reduce the price quite a bit. But let's get back to the point here. Were these doctors making their own tinctures or where was it coming from? You know, I'm, I'm unaware, unfortunately. I don't have an answer for that question, Crow. I assume that doctors had to be generating it themselves at some, at some level. But I also have to assume that there, you know, other financial interests knew the benefits and made money on it, selling it to doctors. Have you made these things? I mean, are we basically talking about alcohol and soaking cannabis in it, or is it something more? You you see the word tincture used, and you know, after we've met people like Phoenix Aurelius, you know there's levels of this, and the most basic seems to be basically some form of alcohol soaking the, the constituent parts out. Um, have you made tinctures in this way? Oh, yeah. yeah. We've made them with in all of the different ways to make them. Uh, we've found that a simple coconut oil, cannabis oil mixture works for most of what we need it for. 
I do extractions using butane. So I have ample oil around to experiment with it. Um, and so we've made alcohol tinctures and we've made the coconut oil tinctures and glycerin tinctures. Tincture basically means a suspension of medication in a, in a other than water, water solution. So it, it runs the gambit. There's a CBD tinctures, THC tinctures, combination tinctures, there's CBN tinctures for people who need sleep aid. You know, as we're, as we're learning the different properties of the cannabinoids through trial and error, where we learn to identify and single out components to deal with different ailments. And we found that CBN is a great replacement for Xanax, if any of your followers suffer from a addiction to that problem. CBN is a wonderful substitution for Xanax, so you can get yourself off of that harmful chemical. But yeah, it's tinctures are basically used in the way that people take and put drops under their tongue and let it absorb in, in those glands under your tongue, that being the reason why they want you to brush with fluoride, by the way, uh, <laughs> because that's the quickest way to administer the medication orally. It's much faster than going through your digestive system. But yeah, that's that's a basic rundown of tincture without a, a defined question. It's, there's I could go on for hours about it. Are there not old books available from before Prohibition, things that doctors would have used, things like that? You know, I don't know. I've never really looked for any of the older information. I'm sure that there's got to be some information, but it would take an internet sleuth to find it, I would think. Well, it became it became a hot potato, right? The only thing that was left was High Times Magazine, and that was viewed as an underground publication. Uh, when they illegalized it, I think most of the stuff written about it kind of disappeared over time. Yeah, they well, they scrubbed it just like they scrub all of different history. You know, it's in order to control the now, you have to control the past, and that's what just what they do. They scrub history constantly. And, I don't know if that's part of the Mandela effect or not, but it's obvious. You see what ISIS just went through over the last couple of years, ripping down different architectural sites in in the uh, Middle East. That's destroying history, and that's that's what they do. And it's e- it's easiest on the internet to scrub stuff. You know, Google can just set the algorithm so when you search for something, you don't find it. Right. Uh, it's the easiest way to uh, burn the books, if you will. The ultimate barn wall from Animal Farm. It is the ultimate version of the barn wall. Um, Jason, I'm going to throw it back to you in a minute. But Sean, I just remembered a thing I wanted to ask you. So here in Rhode Island, all the stuff got legalized pretty quick. One of the things you can get is CBDs with THC, but it's 0.3. Now, for someone like me, I, I don't know what the heck happened to me. When I was young, we smoked pot all the time. And I mean all the time. I can't stand to be stoned anymore for whatever reason. When I got out of the Marine Corps and I got back, the potency of cannabis had gone up and I I just couldn't do it. I'll stare at the bottom of my foot for six hours. Not a fan. But my point is, is if I take the CBD in the evening with 0.3, if I take a dropper, I'm fine. If I take two, I'm not digging it. And that's only 0.3. But what I wanted to ask is 0.3 even a significant enough amount of THC to be worth anything? Well, as far as being worth something, of course, Uh, your body is starved for that component. (laughs) So any little bit you give it is going to be beneficial. That's not much, of course. That's how it's able to fall into the hemp classification per the federal government. 
so that it can be marketed legally federally. And so that's why point three is most states defining line between, quote, cannabis and, quote, hemp. Cannabis has two classifications, according to government. One is marijuana, which is THC-laden, and the other is not THC-laden and considered hemp. And point three is the limit. So that's probably why you're able to get that. And I'm sure it's benefiting you in hard-to-perceive ways, but it's still benefiting you, I'm sure, Pro. You know, that I wanted to mention that the, the word marijuana is actually a, a Mexican slang term that was used to articulate the effect from smoking cannabis. Okay, so by changing the name to marijuana, they also changed the perception of how cannabis was to be used. It was to be smoked. Now, you said that when you were younger, you could smoke and you loved it, you know? Well, there's a difference between when you smoke it, when you ingest it orally, okay? Your your liver is going to transform it from a Delta-9 THC to a Hydroxy-11 THC which is about 100% more psychoactive than THC in the Delta-9 form. So you would probably, if you were to smoke some pot, (laughs) you would probably enjoy it. But when you take it orally, you're not getting it in the same form as you would have if you smoked it. Well, for for me, Sean, truth is, is I haven't, a few times since I've been out of the Marine Corps, I smoked it. I think maybe five years ago, I took a single drag and it's just not for me anymore. (laughs) Um, I, I gotta be able to think. And for me, what smoking good cannabis does is it removes the veil and I can see more than I want to see. Um, to be completely honest, uh, I don't want to be able to do what I can do. It's, it's overwhelming. Um, but I'll ask, you know, if you, if you made your own CBD knowing what you do, um, and it was going to be meant to be super curative and, and medicinal or, you know, a remedy, um, what would the percentage of THC be, uh, in that, you know, we're seeing that we're seeing, see, first of all, you go get your CBD with 0.3 THC from your little local store. But if you read the label, it'll tell you it's made from industrial hemp. And I always think of the chef, right? The chef's meal is only going to be as good as his ingredients and the ingredients in this are industrial hemp. So I always think of someone like Sean, who's probably got some dank, gnarly, purple, crystallized bud that he's making his stuff from must be way better. But to get back to the point, what percentage of THC would be in a CBD mixture that you make? You know, I I don't think the the percentage of CBD is really the most important part. Although I would say if, if you're not taking at least, you know, 50 milligrams at a time, you're not going to notice a difference. But it's it's the it's the actual ingredients that are combined with it that makes the changes. The terpenes, uh, being the traffic cops for your endocannabinoid system, will tell the the cannabinoids, whichever ones you've ingested, uh, where to go and what to do. Absent those terpenes, they become free radicals, and if they find their target, cool. But they might not, and that's that's really the the, the key is. You need cannabis-derived terpenes along with the cannabinoid, kind of like vitamin D and um, calcium. You know, you could take all the calcium you want. It's going to end up being harmful because it's going to deposit in forms that you don't want because you don't have ample vitamin D to modulate it and chelate it. 
So compared to what would have been used years ago, and I can only assume people were growing it, there were farms dedicated to this. What's the difference between what used to be, what would that be even 90 plus years ago, I guess, compared to today where people have all these crazy strains and different things mixed and all that? You know, I think that actually the whole idea of cannabis being made better by different changes, whether it be the cancellation of prohibition or whatever, is I guess it's counterintuitive is the word I'm looking for. Sun-grown cannabis is going to have a, a stronger terpene profile. It's going to have a richer cannabinoid profile than plants that are grown under lights in fixed conditions, if you will. So I don't think that, yeah, although there's no way of knowing because nobody did any testing back in the, in the you know, 20s, but I don't think that cannabis is any more powerful now than it was then, quite frankly. We well, have refined ways to concentrate it and, and in that form, yeah, we've got we've made it much, much stronger. But I think that as God created it or the creator created it, if that's which where you want to go, it was it as it was needed. And all of the changes that man has done to it have, have not helped it. So I think what you're pointing out here, Sean, just to be perfectly clear, is you're pointing out all these beneficial elements that reside within the cannabis plant and maybe it's always been in it and the way we needed it. And what's actually happened is it's gotten better at getting you high. Like when I was young, because I lived in the heart of this, man, end of the 60s, early 70s, um, there was no one you were ever going to meet who wasn't rolling a joint just the way it was. For the most part, it was actually unusual to meet young people that were not smoking pot. But back in the day, there was a thing called commercial. They used to sell it in a, in a bag. Remember the old bags where the top just folds mm-hmm. over? It had like a little flap. It was called a lid or four fingers was the measure supposedly of an adult. Uh, that was 10 bucks. And, you know, we used to smoke a lid a day. That That's a whole baggie full. Um, so you can tell something about the potency. And I remember later on, Colombian gold came and everyone thought that was the greatest thing in the world. And then tie sticks came along. But the truth is, when I got out of the Marine Corps, and I think it was called BC Bud was coming in from Canada and other places in Northern California, that was leaps and bounds away from where we had been in terms of getting you high. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Because the breeders that have been breeding the cannabis have singled out THC, knowing it's the the beneficial component, and tried to get plants to generate as much of it as possible. And so CBD in in cannabis is, you you just don't find it. (laughs) Uh, it's, It's very very low content, regardless of what you get a hold of, unless you specifically look for CBD-rich strains. You're just not going to have any CBD unless you do, because the breeders have, in order to, to be more profitable, they increase the THC content at the expense of the CBD and other cannabinoids that are just as beneficial. So let, let me ask you something, Sean, where are we at this point um, where you are, say you made a tincture of some kind that had all the components in it. Is it legal for you to give that to someone in a different state? Is it illegal to do that? Can you give it to someone in a different county in the state you're in? What, what are the, where are the rules at right now? Well, the rules are very, very confusing and change daily here in Michigan. <laughs> Uh, they, and I'm not exaggerating. They're literally changing 
at, at such a pace that it's impossible to keep up with the rules. As I understand them at this point, it's illegal to transfer outside to, of the state. So I can't ship it to you in Rhode Island or even to Indiana, but I can transfer to anyone within the state. And if you were to come to Michigan, I could transfer it to you then. If I did that, could I legally leave the state with it? You could legally leave the state, yes, but you would be going through states that still have prohibition standing. So it wouldn't be advisable. Welcome to the non-common sense life that we live with fictitious laws. No right. one no <laughs> one can quite understand them. And there's this imaginary mark <laughs> called a border where you're cool, man. Do whatever you want. You just cross that line. Now you're going to, it's ridiculous. Now you're it, wrong. Right. You know? it, it, it is silly. <laughs> you know, we just, we just heard, I forget what state it was. Um, oh, they, they're so progressive. They just legalized, you know, marijuana or whatever they're calling it, cannabis. And by the way, the governor pardoned, you know, 1300 people who were incarcerated because they had a plant in their pocket. It is utter ridiculousness. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, now now we're we're starting to see it in the gun control, you know, arena. The the, you know, you go, you might be illegal here in this state. You cross that imaginary line, and now you're a felon. You know, <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's, it's beyond the it's pale. Really crazy. There's there's not a human being alive that could possibly understand how many laws we reside under in this country. And guess what? Every week, every month, every year, there will be books, more laws and rules. It's a system that cannot continue unabated. That's all there is to it. If you logically work out that every year, the main idea of government is to make more laws these days, um, it's beyond the pale. It's an unworkable system and it's designed so that you have to employ people who supposedly understand it all, who don't actually understand it all. And this is the world we've kind of come to be in. But cannabis, it's a cry in shame because I know you have direct experience with people who were told to go home and die and their use of cannabis products saved their lives. Oh, yeah, it's just several. I mean, the list just keeps growing as time goes on because I'm not... I'm Unless I'm forced to, I'm not going to quit helping people with this stuff. You know, it's it's compelling. When when you feel someone of of what they considered life threatening, it's compelling stuff. You, you can't you can't ignore it or turn around. You know, once you're awake to it, you're awake to it, and you can't go back to sleep about it. So until they until they make it so it's impossible for me to do so, I'll continue. They are making it impossible now to market it in, in their stores, you know, the licensed locations. So it's becoming more and more difficult. And I'm sure there's only a, a limited amount of time before I'm forced to find some other way to feed myself. But I'm not going to until I'm, it's forced on me. Well, none of this matters as far as the state to state thing, because it's still federally illegal, right? They haven't deregulated it at all at the federal level meaning they can barge down anyone's door with federal officers anytime they want to. Is that correct? Oh, that's absolutely correct. And actually, over the last two months, there was a lot of promises of decriminalization at the, at the federal Congress level, and they quietly killed all of those bills, every last one. Shameful. Um, Do we know why? Is there a realistic reason? 
Oh, of course. The big pharma gives them a lot of the money that they use to get reelected. So they're in their back pocket, and they have been all along. It's a shame, but we have, we have Citizens United still standing as a precedent. And as long as that's the case, then corporations such as Pfizer can give uh, uh, any candidate as much as they want, as long as they just donate it to their super PAC rather than the candidate directly. So they're able to buy elections, and then so in doing so, they buy legislators. It's, well, well, it's my position that when they close down government, that's the best time ever. <laughs> well, we yeah, it's it's Jason and I cover this all the time, and people lose their damn minds when we tell them what politics actually is. You play no role. People act like somehow they're changing things. And I got news for you. Unless you're a billionaire or a pharmaceutical company, you ain't changing anything. You didn't choose the people that are there. Uh, and those people are doing what they're directed to do. It's completely not government in the way that we think of government. It's not Let's, representative government at all. No, no and right. it hasn't It hasn't been. You know, when you tell people that the, the last two big presidential people are the same royal Scottish bloodline, um, they want to ignore it. Um, but whatever, right, right. Uh, people get caught up in this red and blue nonsense. And it's, you know, Jason and I have showed the 1924 speech from the Central Bank of England to the bankers of this country that prove that the blue and red idea was put here to control your mind. But to move on from that, you know, we've recently seen the hiding of Monsanto, right? It got bought up by Bear or whatever it is. And now it's a German concern. Seems like most of the world. Everything that's happened in the modern age seems to epicenter in Germany for some reason, um, hint, hint. But what are we seeing from in terms of, you know, we, we all know what Monsanto did. They bought up all these heirloom seed companies. They were whatever genetic modification actually means. I have problems with, you, you know, they're doing something, but how it's been described, I have problems with. But nonetheless, you know, they're screwing up the the heirloom seeds uh they're making these roundup ready crops i mean do we expect to see the same thing with cannabis are we going to see these pharmaceuticals come in and start trashing for lack of better terms mother nature with regard to cannabis um is there any concern about them buying up the seeds illegally patenting them you know modifying them in some unhelpful way these types of things yes there there is there's actually a shadowy group that no one knows the ownership of that has been doing just that, buying up all of the heirloom cultivars so that they can monopolize them at, at some point. And I, I'm sure they'll genetically modify it to make it less medically beneficial. The people who do these things are the people who are making vaccines and, and the like. So, yes, of course, that's that's a reason for making sure that it's the, the corporate interests have a stronghold in all of the different states that have legalized. In Illinois, for instance, they've got, I believe it's five growers that supply the whole state. <laughs> hand, hand chosen, you're approved, huh? Um, you play by the, right. yeah, you know, it wasn't too long ago, even in Michigan, uh, we were hearing the tales, and I'll be careful how I say this, of a warehouse full of cannabis plants. And once a month, the sheriff would come in the front door, count the plants, walk out the back door. Um, that is a big change that, you know, in, in the state of Michigan that was going on. But let's come back around to a thing that I saw must have been about five months ago when I was going to try to have you on, uh, but we couldn't do it at the time. I read this claim 
that from the time this part of the world illegalized cannabis and started calling it marijuana, that there has never been a time when Israel was not running full whole hog with the medicinal aspects of cannabis. And the claim is, and I'm wondering if you know anything about this, that they are years and years and years and decades ahead of most places in the world world with regard to medicinal cannabis research. I've heard the same rumor, but I can't, I've never been able to verify it through research. The uh, Israelites have their secrets well hidden. But I know that they, they just discovered a, a new THC. I believe it's THCM and THCV. No, not THCM. Uh, that's supposedly 100% more psychoactive than THC in the Delta 9 form. I don't. I, I haven't seen it or verified that either. But Israel is, is kind of an outlier where the world's concerned. You know, they they've been able to, you know, have to supposedly have nukes and and no uh, oversight of those. You know, there's all kinds of things that they're allowed to violate according to the UN. Well, the, the main thing not. being violated there, Sean, is your mind, because nobody has nukes as described, um, and that whole tale with Israel is is not a thing to get into. But I, I guess, thanks for the warning, I guess I don't want to stand yeah. in a room with THCM if it's that much more potent. <laughs> I, I'll have right, to stare at right. the bottom of my foot for six weeks instead of six hours, but uh, you want to jump in on this, Jason? Well, I'm wondering, is that to do with making medicine, or... Are we just talking about a bunch of stoned Israelis? No, oh, making medicine. Absolutely. There and I you know, I wish I would have had that in front of me. Um, I must have it written down somewhere. They were even naming some of the companies uh, with unfamiliar names who were doing it. But the claim was is that they were well into C B D, uh, all the all the terpenes and all these things, uh, decades before this new push now that's happening here where everyone thinks, oh, there's a brand new thing now. It's called CBDs. We can get them. And the truth is, and, and I can't underscore this, you know, we have friends in common, Sean, and it is exactly like the chef in the kitchen. You give the chef in the kitchen some crappy onions that are expired, that came from God knows where, and these other ingredients that are so-so, the meal he makes will be so-so. If you give them the best ingredients he can get, then the meal improves. And I think this is all day long with cannabis. And when you read what they're selling in the stores, almost with few exceptions, what I am seeing is industrial hemp is the source. And I always imagine to myself, there is a far cry between driving something from industrial hemp and what you would have access to. Well, yeah, but the main difference is the terpenes. Regardless of, of what the source is, uh, Delta 9 THC molecule is the same. And, and it, that's the same for CBD, CBDV, any of them. The molecule will be identical regardless of source. The difference is in the count of those molecules and the other constituents that could or, or may or may not be a part of it. Industrial hemp is going to have a lower terpene profile. It's going to be, it's going to be male plants or, or fertilized females because it's hemp they don't have the time or the inclination to pull the males so that they're constantly generating more seeds so they're not going to generate as much oil so they have to extract just the cbd and so they can sell that and make it profitable but if you if you grow under in controlled conditions 
you can generate a much higher terpene profile, richer cannabinoid profile, whatnot. So as far as getting the CBD from hemp, that's not necessarily a bad thing uh, because they're able to do it on such a high level. But my biggest problem that I've been finding is the source of, of that you're buying from. A lot of these CBD products don't have any CBD in them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, the one, the ones I've been using, they, it's all measured. Um, and there's a strict, there's a strict guideline as you were pointing out about not exceeding 0.3 THC. Um, and a lot of it'll say ND, no detectable, but I guess I got to ask, I've never really thought about this, uh, terpenes being such a big deal. Are there like we go out and buy CBD, are there products or tinctures or other alchemical makings that are just terpenes? that you can get? Yeah, but they're not cannabis-derived, unfortunately. The only way to achieve a cannabis-derived terpene is to, to perform a mechanical separation in the lab and get the terpenes that way. You know, once the, the terpenes separate from the cannabinoids, then you can use them to infuse into a CBD isolate or a distillate. A lot of the terpene producers are producing them from fruits and other sources. So they're not cannabis-derived terpenes. So your body doesn't understand that they're cannabis-derived, and so they don't do the work that they would have were they cannabis-derived. So you can get terpenes on the market, but you're going to have a really difficult time finding them that are going to be as beneficial as you seek. Well, you know, early on in this conversation, and we've talked about it before, is the idea that what came to be coined the endo cannabinoid, if that's the right way to say it, system in the human body. Are there other places that cannabinoids come from, or is it only cannabis? In other words, if we have systems with receptors for these things that are made in this plant, I think that pretty much demonstrates that human beings and the cannabis plant have been closely, closely associated through all of known history. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's in the Old Testament. I think we went over this before. Oh, it's yeah. In the what, Old Testament is what's cannabis. the word? Cannabis, but it's spelled different. It's spelled K-A-N-E-H space B-O-S. And plural, you add an M to the end of B-O-S. There it is. So people can look that Yeah, people can look that up in scripture. Pronounce the word one more time, please. Cannabis or cannabosum. Yeah, we did this last time and I looked it up. So people who are interested in scripture can look that up and find that even there it's, it's, it's mentioned. Yeah, unfortunately, the new international version, you're going to find canary rather than cannabis. Uh, uh, because <laughs> cause everyone's like going said, into a coal mine, you know, we need our canaries, don't we? Right. We need a, we need a canary oil, which serves no medical benefit at all. It's, canary it's, oil. But, yeah, see, the cannabis was one of the ingredients laid out by God for the holy anointing oil. Okay, and canary oil has no healing benefits, <laughs> period. <laughs> you know, I know you can do alchemical things on, on living, you know, on dead animals, but it's just disgusting. Canary oil. Okay, um, thank you, NIV, for that ingenious update. That's interesting. I'd never heard that thing about the Bible. Was that, I can only assume, intentional beyond all belief? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, he wouldn't put the, the component here and then keep it secret. You know, it's, he, he put it here for our benefit and made sure we knew about it. 
you know, and and had the had the priests of the time generate a, a holy anointing oil with the instruction that no one could generate this oil except the priests of the time. But yeah, the cannabis was one of the ingredients in that holy anointing oil. When we covered this so back in the old episode, Sean, I went and looked at a couple versions. It's pretty well hidden. The average person without being informed uh, would never have made the association from my point of view. And I even have a concordance that's like one of the best, probably a $400 concordance that my father left me. Yeah, it's, it's you know, they burn the books and they do a very good job. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, they don't want this information out. They, it won't get out. It's it's really gotten to, to to me. That's how I see it anymore. Is if we're able to know about it, the controllers let us know about it. Well, the the names are often changed to screw over the innocent. Um, but in the information age, they can't get their arms around everything, and that was what was proven around the year two thousand. Um, just the ultra sharing of information. And while I often point out AI and all the barn wall problems with the internet and the overarching control we're headed for. Truth is, we're still in the information age. Truth is, people are still markedly moving along from where we once were in terms of understanding things. And words do get out. The big problem is, it's like one of the things Jason and I are about to go out is the mud flood. It's a prime example. People discover all these things, and then it gets screwed with. False narratives and all these other ideas get inserted, and almost always you can find out there's a very old archetype at the base of these things driving the human mind astray. But to get back to the point, since the first time we talked about this, has the state of Michigan gone in a helpful direction or an unhelpful direction with regard to what you're trying to do for human beings? Oh, they're absolutely a deterrent to progress. When all this happened and you got raided and these people kicked down your door and took all your money and even your damn cars, your computers, and never charged you, it was pretty clear to me at the time that they didn't give a damn about the recreational uses of cannabis. It was all about the medicinal uses. That's really what was irking people, right? And if we think about that, why would police in any county give a damn? So it's pretty clear if I'm logically putting this together and correct me if I'm wrong, there must be direction coming from a higher level. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's, uh, it's my position that that's why they went recreational here in Michigan and elsewhere is to reduce the idea of it being med- medically beneficial and also to reduce the supply available as medicine so that it, they can have their agenda met in two different ways. That First, they say, oh, well, it's recreational. You know, these, these people aren't using it medically. They're just getting high and saying it's medically beneficial. Okay. And it limits the amount of medicine that's available to treat the ailments. And it increases the price, therefore, due to supply and demand. So a lot of people that would have used cannabis therapy are forced back to the pharmacy because their insurance will cover those bills. So I'll give you two firsthand experiences that directly relate to where we are with regard to CBD and cannabis in our current so-called American society. So I'm seeing this doctor not too long ago who part of the training of this doctor was done in Beijing. And I asked, did you do the whole classic Chinese medicine? Yes. And then over time, you know, ended up a doctor here and and did all the doctor things we do here, but was completely trained up or at least sufficiently trained up in the old Chinese ideas, the yin and yang system, herbs, all these things. So 
I'm telling this doctor, look, I had this cyst. I'm using CBDs. And I can tell she's just looking. She's very interested. And as the conversation goes on, the doctor asked me, but isn't that illegal here? Now, this is a doctor who thinks that CBD that I'm buying on a store shelf is illegal. And so I inform her, no, but you can see the interest. But here's the real kicker. So I take my elderly mom in who's got a problem with her knee and everyone's acting like there's going to be surgery and she's old enough that I'm saying there ain't going to be no surgery here. No damn way am I risking that. The doctor is in his 70s and he looks at me carefully out of the corner of his eye and he says this to me, if I had my way, I would remove all the narcotics from every old folks home and replace it with CBD. And he looked at me cautiously and I smiled big as a Cheshire cat and said, I use it every day. And he looked relieved. And my mother heard him say that. And so we started using it for her knee. She doesn't need surgery now. But here's the thing. To this day, whenever I go to get the CBD oil, my mom refers to it as, did you get the pot or did you get the, the marijuana? And I keep having to say, mom, there's, <laughs> there's no THC in this, you know, but that it, it just goes to show the perception. But even these doctors wish that the shackles would be removed so they could explore the medical benefits. There's two direct firsthand experiences. Yeah, we <laughs> We we were giving oil to one of our friends for her grandmother, and she told us that she called it dope salve. <laughs> yep, yep, that's what, that's my mom. Did you? I think at one point she said that my wife was going out to get it, and she said something about who's the dealer. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's not well, a dealer, mom. We're, yeah, we're walking into a store. It's funny, you know. I I don't. I really don't think that they wanted to prohibit cannabis permanently. I think that's what we what we're seeing now is the next step in prohibition. It's the obvious continuation of prohibition. They've just found another way to be profitable at it. Right. They're going to this this relates directly to the ideas held in Brave New World to some degree animal farm to some degree 1984. What's yeah. going to happen here is they're going to start pushing. They're already doing it. Everyone get high. I can't tell you how many forums that I have run or currently run where people are desperately trying to get off antidepressants. And this is serious damn business, man. They're handing this stuff oh, yeah. out like candy. And it's it'll ruin your life. Addictions at this level can ruin your life. And it's not easy. Not every person is equipped to on their own get free and the system that got them in this position is not offering ways to help them get free and this is why we saw kratom cannabis any number of things come to such prominence because certain people worked out that if i'm addicted to vicodin uh this kratom will help me get off it well as soon as that happened what happened they started threatening to outlaw that this that and the other thing but what i am noticing is this wholesale push to normalize pornography, and it doesn't even matter how old you are. The younger, the better for the system that we see. Um, by the way, oh, Jason yeah. and I are about to do an episode with a common friend of ours, who I won't mention, um, ways parents can block that pornography out of their house. 
Um, you can't unsee certain things, but the porn idea, the getting high idea, the drinking alcohol, these all relate to strong, strong, powerful tools to controlling society. And I think cannabis is going to play into these ideas greatly, not for their medicinal value, but for their value to get you high. Yeah. To keep, to keep you in a lowered state of consciousness where you're, you know, if you're high, you're not worried. If you're not worried, you're not doing anything about those things that were worrying you before. Okay. And, and it's, if you look at the, the, the prohibition of alcohol as a guideline, they, before prohibition, alcohol was sold on the market without being taxed. Okay. Yep. After prohibition, it's taxed. And the same thing is going on with cannabis here in Michigan. I don't know about other States cause I haven't been out, out and about, but here in Michigan, Last November, there was a big push to legalize recreational cannabis, okay? And everywhere you went, you saw vote yes on proposal one. Vote yes, vote yes. I never saw a single vote no sign, not a single one. And I drive a lot, unfortunately. Uh, I didn't see a single vote no sign. That tells me that the legislators, the police, the churches, all were okay with it. Right, and the money money was behind it. But Sean, we're, we're at the top of the hour here. We got to come in under an hour so we can run in other places. But when we come back for hour two, we are going to get a lot further into a conversation and not have to worry about the things we say. Even, even to this, to this very minute, uh, I get nervous about accidentally saying medicinal instead of a remedy, um, because I know of people who have been held their feet held to the fire for simply using the word medicinal. And you'll notice almost everything on the market these days is called a remedy. Our good friend Phoenix Aurelius is the example. That brings hour one of 196 to a close. Join us all at crow777radio.com. That's C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. And by the way, there are people stealing my content and faking sites. You do not want to hit some of these sites. Uh, Malware data collection. They are collecting money, believe it or not. Yeah. You, you go ahead and use Donald Duck and it's your butt, but someone steals everything you've done for five years and nobody gives a ding. Anyhow, join us at crow 7 radiocom for hour two. Cheers. <laughs>